It's about that time for NBA at Home with the Boys, your weekly dose of NBA basketball. Settle in and enjoy the chat. Cheers. And welcome to the NBA at Home with the Boys. This is pod number 11. And let me introduce all the boys for today's cast. First of all, we got Paul Superman Scarzi. What's up, boys? Oh, we got Ryan Mid 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 Range Regan. What's going on? Nothing good to have you, bro. And we got Aquaman Williamson, who is actually isn't here. He's on load management slash risk mitigation right now. Yeah. Um, he he struggled after Christmas Day, and he just couldn't pull himself together to get here. So shout out already to Aquaman. Hopefully his heart heals. He put a heart <laughs> string. And obviously I am Muddy the Dr. Page. Welcome, boys. What's going on, Muddy? No, Merry nothing Christmas. much. Nothing much. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, yeah, boys. One. Merry Christmas. I had a great one, mate. Yourself? Yep. yep. Wigs? Yeah, no, I had a good one. Yeah. All good, man. Low key. Low so key. Like That's the way rolls. Well, all right, boys. Uh, let's get cranking. So, first question. I'll jump off the off the cab, hey? Yeah, do it. do it. Do it. you. Actually, destination. Let's talk about let's talk about Christmas Day, Lakers versus Clippers. Let's elephant, just, let's elephant in the room. Well. Let's rip the bandage straight off. Wings, the... I'm going to start with you because you're a Lakers fan. What did you take away uh, from hang it? On. What did you hang feel? On. I think you need to say a Lake, a true Lakers diehard fan. Let's give him that over. <laughs> Well, I, oh, well, I, no, I, I can't say that anymore because he didn't put Kobe in his decade, our team of the decade. So, <laughs> let's go, wrong. No, it was. Look, man, I wish I, I, I do wish uh, Ash was on the pod for this topic. I think uh, he'd have quite a bit to say. Don't but we all? The uh, look, man, I was disappointed. I think, um, you know, to to blow a fifteen point lead. I mean. In the league today, actually, that's probably not fair. In the league today, leads can 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 be up and you can be up and down fifteen, even twenty points, and 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 a good run will get you back into contention. And that that ha- that does happen pretty regularly. But um, look, and I don't I don't remember the exact numbers, but with five or six minutes to go, Lakers were still it. in a position, um, and it was really it was they they played the Clippers well all game, and they just couldn't close. They just couldn't execute down the stretch. And it was disappointing. And I was watching the game with my missus, with Joe, and she loved it because she, <laughs> she, she's not a LeBron fan, to, to, to put it nicely. And, and she, she, she really likes Kawhi. So uh, we were kind of having battles in the lounge room watching the game. But, the, man, I was so disappointed. I just I, I couldn't believe it. I think so. What stuck out to me, I guess, is down the stretch, they just the Lakers just looked confused in the last few minutes of the game. They just looked like they didn't know which plays to run, who should have been initiating the offense. Um, there was a, there was one or two plays where kind of you know Rondo was on the court, so in that case, like who's who's running the point. Rondo gave it to, to LeBron. LeBron gave it back. They looked at each other like, who's who's supposed to be running things that they didn't know? And it's I don't know if that's a coach's issue 
or you know, like a, the, the coach's fault or if it's the player's fault. Uh, I think that you know you should probably expect that LeBron wants or should have the ball in his hands at that point in the game. Um, and he just didn't look like he wanted it. Um, and it's not Ooh. sure. I don't, I don't know what they can do about that, but it's something they have to work on. It's a bit of an issue for them. Closing games is a bit of an issue for them. Um, so it's something they, they really need to work. Yeah. How about you, Scar? Um, What's your take? Mate, oh, my take, uh, like I've said in the messengers all week, Look, at the end of the day, I think it's clear that, look, again, I'll keep saying it, LeBron James has played awesome this year. He's given effort on both ends of the floor. But I just think the Lakers need to make AD the number one scoring option. And then LeBron can be the number two. And then that'll give him the little bit of legs he needs at in the fourth to take over if AD can't take over the game. And I really just can't understand why they never kept going with Kuzma after that first first quarter. He was on fire. You don't get any hotter than what he was. And why take him off? You just you you ride guys that are shooting like that until they go cold. And he when by the time he came back on, he was as cold as ice. And I know they built a big lead, but I think they just, I think that leads to animosity in the locker room when a guy's on fire and then all of a sudden he can't get the ball. Shouldn't matter who it is. Well, well, look, you're right. He scored, what, 15 points, I think. 15 in, in a quarter. In a quarter. In- I think he, he finished with 25. He played 27 minutes. And, like, for example, Rondo played 20 minutes. Danny Green played 29 minutes. Avery Ridiculous. Bradley played, you know, 18 minutes. And you had a guy like Kuzma, who is, is definitely probably your second, third option, isn't he, depending? Yeah, right? of course he is. He's, he's got to be. He's, he's your third option on most nights. And if he's not going, then you look for someone else. But, mate, he was, he was on fire. He couldn't miss. But how about, okay, how about your, your, your opinion on, AD in the fourth quarter. Like, did you? Uh, he, I didn't I think see him get many I think, touches. Mate, I didn't. I didn't, see, I didn't really see AD all game, to be honest. I think AD was just quiet. Well, he I, played I, thirty-nine I, minutes. Yeah, but he, he played but thirty-nine he, minutes, scored twenty-four. Yeah, and did he was he was he was exhausted at the end. He was just like sucking it back. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like the last five minutes of the game, he looked like he was he was about to shit his pants or something. I don't know. He was he was wrecked. He was yeah, so wrecked. Just like how 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 are they, you know, that making sure that he gets decent minutes, decent rests, I think is is critical. Like the dude's so injury prone and they yeah, anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I was Well I think even I, rebounding, like the rebounding oh, I just remembered the Clippers Beverly. grabbing a lot of rebounds. Like if you look at um if you look, yeah, like Beverly got some crucial rebounds, especially yeah. that offensive one over Green, and yeah. Green's supposed to be a defensive that, juggernaut. That but anyway, that's another story. But if you look at the box score, for example, Anthony Davis, six rebounds, LeBron nine, Danny Green three, and then you got Bradley two, McGee, uh, McGee three, he only played, he played 15 minutes. But then, the, and then you got, you know, 
Uh, KCP with two, Kyle Kuzma four, Rondo with three, Dwight played 12 minutes, he got nine, and Alex uh, Caruso got one. And then you go to the Clippers, and you KL 12, Paul George 5, Beverly 9, but he got a couple of cruise runs, Zubac yep. 8, Patterson 1, Mon- Montreal uh, 6, Lou Williams 2, um, Shabbat 1, uh, Maurice 4, you know, Green 2. I mean, these guys were just out-rebounding the Lakers. What, what's your take on that? Out-hustle? Was it attitude? Was it just luck? Was it... Oh... Because I, I think that was an important part of the game, the rebounding, second chances. I, th- I think the Clippers did want it more. I mean, early on, you remember Pat Bev got a tech. He he hit a layup or something, and he got a tech for taunting. And yeah, yeah. you could see even Lou Williams was, like, on him straight away, telling him to be smart. So the Clippers... Looked like they wanted the game more, but it, it took the Clippers a long time. Look, the Lakers had the Clippers. That's the thing. I think that the the disappointing thing was the Lakers had them. When LeBron James hit that three-pointer with, I think, seven or nine minutes to go on the fourth, I thought the game was over. Mm. And, and um, from that point on, the Lakers just looked shaky. It was ridiculous. But- but I guess another point is, look, I still go on what I said before, boys, and please... Um, uh, you need to repeat it on the pod, big fella. Go on. Have a yarn about this. But I think Lakers <laughs> got a higher, a higher ceiling than Clippers. But the Clippers, I think, are more consistent uh, with their game and attitude. I know they've lost games, so don't get me wrong. But I think when they play the big teams, they actually they can play at a at a reasonable level where they buy, they're very competitive, where Lakers still yet to be proven. But if you look at the Lakers, like, they're playing big minutes, especially AD and LeBron James, 39 and 38 minutes respectively, scoring 24-23. Now, they can definitely do better than that. But if you look at the Clippers, the scary thing is, Kawhi had an awesome game, what, 35-12-5, and shooting, what, 58 from the percent from the floor. But Paul yeah. George only scored 17 um, you had uh, Lou Williams only scored six. Yeah, Lou Williams had a pretty ordinary game. Like, they can get better. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah, so that, s- that what worries me. I, I reckon that, like, going back to that question about, like, you know, the rebounds, like, the for me, that's just the Clippers roster doing what we all thought that they could do. Like, at the start of the season when we came in and we saw all these um, you know, between work. Harold and, and Beverly, like... Work, workhorses. Workhorses, defense, defensively-minded players. Um, and while I think that there weren't any outstanding... Besides Beverly, there weren't necessarily any outstanding defensive efforts. But down the stretch, they did lock it down as a team. And yeah. Beverly in particular, his hustle. And with the, with the level of kind of defensive nous that they've got on that team there's bound to be one to two players in, in any given game that's going to get that key steal, that key block, you know, and, and, and it just happened to be Beverly that game with all those those rebounds and and that, that, that play at the end of the game um, with LeBron sort of, you know, hitting the ball out of bounds. 
Um, right. So it's it's. I think that that's that's the Clippers. That's that's what we expected them to be. For me, anyway, I expected them yeah. to be exactly that: hustle and defense, and just locking teams down. Yeah, but, but and in the background, you've got Kawhi, calm, just waiting, just waiting. You know, shooting yeah. at a high percentage, at high percentage shots, just you know, so, going to happen. So we, you're, we, you're definitely right about that. I think and. Let's, let's lead on to the second topic that I want to talk about because I think this is pretty close to all of our hearts while being born in the 80s. Uh, what did you think of that call, Bev versus LeBron going out off LeBron? Do you think that is, in the spirit of the game, do you think that's the correct call? Because it was a big call in the big scheme of things. I'm not saying Lakers lost a big of that. But I thought personally that was a massive call. And do you think that's the right call to make? Do you think that's yes. in the spirit of the game? Yes. It was out on LeBron James. But, okay, let, let me go ahead and then we can answer too. Mm. You have put something in super slow motion where any day of the week, even in club games, in any game, any game from on the street or previously in the NBA, before you had super slow mo, that is out. That is out on from Beverly. Like, not 10 times out of 10 in the past, that's Lakers ball, right? And yeah. we all say that. We all say that the ball is part, the hand is part of the ball. Now, he got hit out by Beverly. Yes, it touched James' hand last, but if the hand is part of the ball, well, really, it's not out by LBJ. So I guess, again, what I'm saying is, We've never seen anything like this. Well, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, but you've never and also I've... seen a season where you can we can basically call back a a call either. Like we're now entering, yeah. we're, we're we're changing the way the games officiated. Exactly. So I guess my question is, well, it's two prong question, uh, a two prong question with I guess two different answers. Is it the right call? And I guess we can all say, yes, it's off his hand, right? But yep. is it in the spirit of the game to go this way? Because it uh, felt wrong to me. I know I know you can look at it and say, yes, it was right, but it just felt wrong. It just felt so wrong. Wiggs, what do you think? Yeah, look, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, at face value, Beverly knocked the ball out. Um, and look, I mean, it was a great defensive play. And in any other, you know, in years past, that would have been Lakers ball. Yeah. And, um, you know, the game would have looked very different, maybe down, you know, coming down to the wire. But the look at that, I think, like, I, I do like, though, the introduction of the replay rules. I don't know that they've got the rules right just yet. The coaches' challenges, the referees being able to look at calls. I think is a bit dodgy because they can choose what they look at, what they don't. Yep. Um, yep. And in this case, they chose to look at it. Now, why? Now, that wasn't a coach's. From my look, I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but from memory, that was not a coach's challenge. No, no but, that I, was, but the but referees think, wanted to look at it. Yeah, but I think, and so I think, why? I think, why? Why on that call? Sorry, Scars. Well, yeah, I think, but that's in all the games now where the referees. I think with a certain amount of time left in the fourth, are able to review their own calls. No, no, no. You're right. So it's the la- I, I believe again, I could be wrong, but I believe it's the last two minutes. Yeah, it must be the last the two. Fourth, yeah. 
yeah. and they can review any call that they want to. But the, I yeah. guess the question, the thing that um, I have a bit of a conflict about is why that call when, like, it looked out. Like, why did they want to review yeah. that? That was so, the ref's call to do it, not a coach's challenge. Like, like there's lots of out-of-bounds calls right throughout the game. They get to that one. They could have easily... Look, at the end of the day, it ended up being the right call. But I guess it's just dangerous when the referees get to decide what they review and what they don't. Yeah. And if the coaches don't have a challenge in their pocket, um, then the review, you know, the replay rule doesn't serve its full purpose um, because the refs are still making the call at the end of the day if they're reviewing it or not. In saying that, look, it was out by LeBron. The rules say the last to touch it, not who knocked it, you know. So, I mean, it was the right call. But my, my issues would just be around, like, it's still at the referee's discretion. And so the point of using technology to to review those those plays is that it takes it out of the referee's hand and out of their judgment. But it's still in their judgment if they're the ones that are choosing to review that or not. Um, and so there's just, just, you know... And then I think most referees are probably doing their best and they're they're good good people and they're not trying to do anything sus. But, you know, you got to... That's what you're trying to protect against, really. It's just like, let's want to get the, the game right. Okay, so, Scarzi, if this was Game 7, that same predicament, that same situation, and Lakers lost, would there be uproar with that call? Oh, I, I, there, there might be uproar, but probably not because the right decision was made in the end, to be fair. I think okay. there's more uproar a lot of times when it's the wrong decision. That's, I, I, I think, I get what Wiggs is saying, but... But again, I, think, I guess I the think, other question is, is a, is a hand part of the ball? And if it is, because that's, that's what we'd be going off Forever, from my memory. Yeah, I know, but I mean, but, but I mean, ever since, ever since the movie White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> really. So, so, so really, if they hand it part of the ball, that's not off LeBron James. Yeah, but but man, we we've been used to defending with hand checking, and you can't hand check, and we've been used to bumping in the post, and you can't bump. Like you know, we're used to a lot of things that are no longer in the game either. The lanes are wide out, like the oh. game. Yeah. Also, they, like they, I, I wouldn't say that that hand is part of the ball comes in. Like for me, my interpretation of hand is part of the ball is if you, you know, if you play at the ball, you hit the player's hand, the offensive player's hand. It's not a foul. It has to be the wrist or above for that to be a foul because the hand is part of the ball. And but on, on an out of bounds play. You can, you know, if you were to throw the ball out of bounds, it's coming off the hands. I can't say that it's hand that the hand is part of the ball. But if you think about it, even if this happened back in the 80s or 90s, you could have guessed that it would have gone out of the LeBron James anyway, right? But it was a motion that it was hit out by someone else, so their ball. So yeah. The same thought processes would have been involved, but now that we got a slow motion, super slow motion camera, we can actually see it. So we say, oh, yes, it was out, out, it was out of bounds by LBJ's ass. But we all could have guessed that anyway, right? Like, it's basically physics. Someone hits the ball, you got the ball in your hand. 
it's probably go if it's going in the direction of where the where players holding the ball, it's probably going to be off you, right? Like, and you do see that. To me. It, like you see that all the time through through game, like any given game, you do see that a number of times where they'll, they'll the ref will make a call. There's a defensive play at the ball. It goes out of bounds. The ref ref gives it back to the offensive team, and then that that you know the broadcast will show a replay. And it'll, you know, it'll show that it's off the off the offensive. Off the other, yeah, okay, it does yeah. happen all the time. Like, cool. yeah. and so, so again, it comes back to like, why for me anyway? What? Why did the referees choose to review that call when at any given point in the game they're giving that to the Lakers? Well, probably because it mattered. Because it was, it it, it kind of gave. It was if. If they made the wrong decision and Lakers got the ball, then it was a crucial time to make an error. They didn't yeah. want to make an error at a crucial time, I guess. Hence the reason why they're able to review within two minutes of the fourth. Because, I mean... That's it. During the game, I guess the team has got an ample time to make up for that one error. You know what I mean? You can get another defensive stop. You can... Play better defense, you know what I mean. Whereas well, it's not, obviously not according to the Rockets who wanted to replay a whole game <laughs> of a bad call that's bloody a whole yeah, quarter. Yeah, but that's the Rockets, way. isn't it? I mean, the Rockets—they're <laughs> a different kettle of fish altogether. Yeah, that one's a bit a bit, a bit outrageous. But guys, what about okay. the other? What about the other Christmas Day game that um, we probably all forgot about? But what about Philly's statement? To Milwaukee. Anyone, any thoughts on that, guys? Is that just a an anomaly? Is that Philly getting up for the big games? What are yours? What are yours take on that game? Yeah, we do have an opinion first. No, look, I think um, I'm I'm uh, I rate the 76ers. I think that I, at the start of the season I was a bit iffy on them because um, because they lack that three-point, really good sort of three-point shot. They don't, you know, yeah. getting rid of Redick. They just yeah. got they haven't they haven't filled that void. It's not Adam, balanced. They don't have a balanced attack. That, that's it, yeah. But you know, maybe they're built for the Bucks at the end of the day. Like <laughs> um, Horford has a history of playing. You know, last year, I mean, he he did a really good job against Giannis in the playoffs. Um, you know, so they brought Horford in. Um, maybe they're just that's that was the point of the way they built the team. Yeah, that's it's easy to point, say Wiggs. that. It's easy to say yeah. that in hindsight, you know, like whether that was actually the plan. But at the end of the day, that's that they looked they looked really good. That I mean, it was a good win. It was a I think it was definitely a statement game. And um, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I think like in the East, I think that 76ers. I don't know. Some some pundits would say that they're they're a favorite. Others would say that they're overrated. There's kind of a no real consensus there. I mean, I I think they could have a really good chance at the end of the season to 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 get through to the Eastern Conference Finals. I really do. Yeah, oh, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah, look, we exactly. Um, I was I was actually thinking the same path as you. I I I think Philly and Milwaukee really match up well, and I think they've actually tried to buy to match up against each other to beat each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that they're probably the two likelihoods, and I say that because you're right. With um, Horford going to uh, Philly, 
that helps with it's a three man defensive uh, task on on Giannis now, isn't it? You got Embiid yeah. who can play a bit. You got Simmons, and you now you got Horford. But then I think Milwaukee has done the similar thing because they know they need a bit of height, and they got the other Lopez brother, you know, to to assist. So really, you got Lopez, yeah, the two Lopez's and Yar, yeah, who are yep. pretty big, you know. So I think that they have tried to uh, out uh, sort of out roster each other, and look, I it's really up for grabs who wants it most. Um, in a seven-game series. So I just don't know if Philly can get themselves up for seven games, um, to be honest. And mm. it's going to be a lot up to, you know, obviously uh, Embiid to carry the load, which he played a good game. What, he scored 31, 11, and 3. Uh, yep. And he shot 52% from the four. So he had a great game. But, you know, like everyone's talking about, it's up to Simmons, I think, is going to be the real difference maker to get him over the edge and i don't know if he can do yeah. it or not so well look he had simmons had um he had 14 assists in that game yeah he had that, a big game that's amazing yeah he was 15 points 14 assists he had yeah. two blocks three steals um seven rebounds see, so it was see look those wigs wigs and scarzi those 14 assists do they mean anything from a guy who can't who doesn't want to shoot oh you know, like, I mean, we always say, oh, he's a great passer, he's a great passer. Yes, he does do some great passes, but a lot of his passes, I think, are weak passes. They're passes that he should have actually been doing something. Like scoring himself. But we, exactly. But we wouldn't say that about Steve Nash. He didn't want to shoot. Like, he wasn't a big scorer. He was no, he, he a pure was, point guard. But, but, he, yeah, but, he yeah, was but, also, but he was also in an era where... Yeah, it exactly. wasn't really it was, for the point guard's place to score. It was pass first. Yeah. Pass first, shoot second. He was still in that era. But this is a different era now. Um, you know where I think Simmons really hurts his team? Like, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying, money, about the 14 assists. But look, I think where Simmons hurts his team the most is almost the same as where LeBron James hurts his team most in the fourth quarter. Now, if I'm a defensive guy and I'm hopping on the floor in the fourth with two minutes to go, what are you doing with Simmons? You just you're basically not even looking at him. Like, what's he gonna do? But he does. But he does other stuff. You guys, are, I can't believe you guys are down on no, Simmons. No, no, no. I'm just no, no, goes no, on my nerves. Every no, 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 dude. I love Simmons. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. His biggest problem is in a tight game when they've got to score a bucket, right? It's now basically four on five because no one's guarding him, dude. Like, in a tight game, that's, that's, where, that's where you're vulnerable. But that's not to say that – but that it doesn't have to be his role. Like and he doesn't. It's not to say that he can't get to the basket because he can, and he, he can. and he can create offense in in transition, and in that game he had he had two blocks. That's as he had as many blocks as Embiid. He had three steals, which is more than anyone else on the floor. That's, that's not true actually. Um, Corkman's had three, but like yeah. he does so many other things. I don't I don't I don't think it hurts. Yeah, them. No. Look. Oh, so you don't think... Oh, okay, okay. 
so well, well, that's okay. I, I, I think that it can hurt him in big games. I think Simmons is a terrific player. I think he'll he'll go down as probably the best Aussie player by far. Um, and I think you know he'll even push push the Hall of Fame. Um, but I, I think, I, I, I just think he needs to develop something more. And if he does. Man, he yeah. I think he yeah. just. Ne- I just think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive with scoring the ball to take no, some pressure off his own teammates. No, not That's with all. Scoring. No, Scarby, well, okay, shoot. He's got to shoot yeah. the ball. Garvey, he is aggressive. He's one of the most aggressive NBA players that I can see driving and, and trying to score. But it's that shot. He yeah. Just, okay. He, he, Sorry. He, I'm, yeah, I meant shot. He's got yeah. he's got to look to score from a shot to make the defense play him. At and I the think cruci- Jalen Rose made a really good point. Uh, he said he said when Simmons hit his three, uh, uh, all the guys were jumping up and down. And Jalen Rose, look, he's a credible NBA player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part yeah. Of, of course. The Fab Five in Michigan, and yeah. he said. Your teammates are only going to jump up and down and be that ecstatic for you if you're training and you miss a lot. <laughs> That's funny. That's you funny. know what I mean? So, so, so he, he's got credibility, you know. Like, like that's pretty like funny, he, man. Yeah, seriously. Like, but funny. if you think about it, if you're if you're hitting every shot in training and then you hit one, it's like, yeah, we knew he could do that. But yeah. like, he must be, he must be. Doing pretty poorly for his teammates, and, and that's what Jalen Rose was trying to make the point. Uh, so well, that's man. why Jalen Rose thinks that he 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 won't and can't change, and uh, that's I, scary. I think that's a big possibility. I think by this by now he should he should at least be putting something up. Yeah, like at least Giannis puts him up. Yeah. Well, look, one last question, um, and I did have this question ready, but I don't think anyone reads what I write, unfortunately. Um, not, not overly. <laughs> but look, we, we, we spoke about, look, this this question for the audience came about because I think we were all, all members of um, the Homeboys uh, podcast were pretty upset with LeBron James and his free throw shooting, especially after Indiana, where he missed those two crucial ones and he really could have got the win, I think, if he hit those. And so the question was, who's the worst free throw choker? Not shooter, because if we look at shooting, you know, Dwight, I think Dwight Howard is 56.7. Shaq was 52.7. Will Chamberlain was 51.1. I can't believe that, but apparently that's true. DeAndre Jordan's 46.6, and Ben Wallace was 41.4. So they're the worst ones I could find. Um, But I guess we're talking about chokers, and I guess when I'm thinking about chokers, I'm thinking about, I guess, the best players because they're normally playing the biggest games, aren't they? Um, and having maybe more opportunity. So, shouldn't this have been be... a? This should have been a question when someone else was on the pod just quietly. But anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> look, I agree. That's why I done it. But obviously, he ran away from it, and he likes yeah, to run. Um, he does. Well, he doesn't like to run. And I think he probably <laughs> should do more running. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> well, there was a great comment by Ash uh, just the other day about you, Scarlett. We'll let that fly. But will. look, 
obviously, I'm pretty disappointed at LBJ. I think he's the biggest free throw choker that I've seen in my time. Um, even in the game versus the Clippers, you know, uh, coming close, you know, he missed a free throw, you know, one free throw out of two, which is important in those games, as, as we've seen. So um, if I just look at the average free throw shooting of good players, like great players, uh, Hall of Fame players, Magic was 84, Kobe was 83, MJ was 83, Kyle Lowry, who we all thought was a choker, right, before he won a championship, was is 80.65. He's, he's number 224 in the list, by the way. And LBJ oh, yeah. is around 74%. But I think he's probably worse in the last two minutes. I can't find stats about that. I what found a stat. Think? Yeah, I found oh. a stat. So, did, so did, you find the, did you find the stat or did Joe find the stat? Nah. Oh. <laughs> no, no, she'll, she'll long hit this, though. But I know she, she will. Look, I don't know if this is the last two minutes, but I, I've, I've got an article on um, deadspin.com. The article is called LeBron James is the worst in the NBA at clutch free throws. According to this article, in clutch situations, he, sh- he shoots 48% from the line. What? 48%? Yeah. That makes Whoa. sense. Like, just watching him. Oh, I can't believe that, but anyway. Yeah, that's that's pretty ordinary. Just so this is, a, this, is a, um, this is an article from last year from 2018, but it's kind of talking about, in any case, look, I think if we're talking about the best players in the game and I don't know who else I could, who, who else I could say that doesn't come up when it matters from the free throw line in yeah, the clutch. Yeah, from the line. And to the point where he avoids certain offensive plays in the last five yeah. minutes of the game. That's the does, biggest issue, He doesn't yeah. want to get to the line because he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's afraid of it. Um, it it's, a, yeah. it's a problem. It's a, it's a big problem for him. I think he, he's got some, I don't know if it's some sort of mental block or or whatever it is. But in those situations, I just just comes up short. And it's one of those things where I, I sit and watch games and I'm, <laughs> I'll be like, this is Kobe. Kobe never missed a free throw at the end of a game. Like I'm sure yeah. he did. Maybe he missed a couple. But like yeah, those but, clutch, yeah. clutch situations, yeah. Jordan, Kobe, their free throw percentage went up in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Even Shaq. Down. You know what? I was gonna say nearly Shaq. You never kind of found him in the fourth just because he he seemed to almost what hit else? them. He he would tend to be better in the fourth than any other time. I I, I used to feel. So why could that be, though? Like, what, what do you oh, think? Why? You, actually, I'm going to give up one Sorry. name that was actually pretty ordinary at times at the free throw line who could choke a little bit at the line. And I'm, I'm, Timmy, Timmy at times could be pretty ordinary at the line. Hardaway. No. Duncan. My boy, Duncan. Duncan. Oh, your boy Duncan. He could be at times. Timmy could look – but probably not. I don't think Timmy ever avoided the line. No. Like, but he Timmy because ne- nah. he had. I mean, he he always had players around him who. It wasn't often that he was put in a situation where he needed to shoot free throws for the game. Like nah. compared to Parker and Ginobili, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a, well, but guys, it's it's year seventeen. That ain't gonna change for for LeBron. It's not gonna change. That's like that's his Achilles heel. So so when did he change his? Okay, we know that LeBron has actually improved his free throw shooting during his time. Like that's that's documented. I, I think what he's around more than 65% and then he's gone up to, you know, 70-something percent as we just discussed before. Um, but when did he start changing his action? Because he never used to have that left, you know, left roll kick back and then coming back into position. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if that's actually affected mm. his overall free throw because it is a weird type of dance that he, or movement that he makes that yeah, but I think that free throws. But the, would we all agree that f- the three throw line's more a mental game than necessarily a, you know, mechanics? Well, have you ever tried to shoot like LeBron James? Like, like I went outside and just tried his little technique, and it puts me off because he's moving the left foot and he's shooting with his right hand, and it's just twisting his shoulders and hips. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just it, it, it just feels pretty awkward. And I know it's, you know, it's about practice and it's about getting comfortable. But obviously, if he's shooting like this, is it something to do with that type of mechanic? I'm not sure. Again, I guess there's a question for the audience out there. But I just mm. find it a bit hard to shoot like that. I haven't really paid that much attention to his, to his form. Um, I like as a shooter generally, his form's not. It's never been great. He's no, I was gonna. It's. I was, I was gonna say he's never. He's not what you'd classify as a shooter anyway. Really, like his shootings. He's had to shoot the ball more as his career's progressed because he obviously can't get to the rack. And, and to his credit, he's 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 added a three-point shot. He's yes, added definitely. shooting to his game. He's yeah, done that well, effectively. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he's improved. He's definitely improved mm. as a shooter. But you just you would never put like I don't think you'd say LeBron James is a shooter. He's not a Clay Thompson or no. a Curry. Oh no, no, or, of course not. He's yeah, or he's not. He, yeah, that's exactly right. He, he's the. It's something that's kind of developed late. I think the question has to turn to like, what's he, what's he going to do about it? Like, and maybe, maybe he can't improve it. Maybe he can. I don't know. But if he can't, what's he going to do about it? Like, he ha- he has to change what he's doing at the end of games. Yeah. To, to, to be able to win. To so be I, effective. I mean, exactly. And look, I think he's got Anthony Davis now. He's got an effective. He, Anthony Davis can can. Uh, what's what's his? I'll, I'll, I'll look it up now. Like, what's his Anthony Davis's free throw percentage? I don't even know. I don't know, but Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was sixty-nine percent. I think he finished with. Well, it's not too bad. Just to, just to, um. It, it, for that's pretty good for a big, just quietly. Mm. Well, look. He was well, look. Safe. You know Anthony, what I mean? Anthony Davis has an eighty percent free throw percentage. Wow! For Holy moly! And, and season he's shooting eighty-five point five. Oh my goodness! So. I mean, there's dudes on the team that can do it. And we've been talking yeah. about chat. I think that, you know, Davis Davis has to be, the in the last few minutes of the game, if it's close, Davis has to be the guy. 
But well, David then, has to get a better. He has to get better post move, boy. Like, he's just got that fadeaway, doesn't he? No, that's it. That's it. But it's not even. It it's doesn't a face even up look jumper. like he. Yeah, it doesn't even look like he can do that any time. If that makes sense. But Jordan and Kobe could just go to that even if they're sixty and still pull yeah. off a shot. You know what I mean? Like they make it look too hard. And but they're beast. Uh, I don't know. It just any time AD and LBJ gets in the post, I'm not betting that they'll get it. You know what I mean? Like, well, they're not comfortable. Kobe, it's it's not comf- It's not comfortable for them. Yeah, it just I, I I don't know. They just have to. It it seems like every time AD and LBJ score, most times it just looks hard. You know, <laughs> like it just looks mm. like they had to really work for two points. Yeah. Oh, as in as as in a as in a one two punch like a them them. I'm talking about in the fourth quarter. It looks like they have to work really hard to get points. Where you look at someone like Kawhi Leonard, it just looks like they just get two points. When Kawhi when Kawhi has the ball, when Kawhi has the ball, no matter what time of the game that it is, he looks like he's. He's in complete control. Where he's taking the defense where he wants them to go. He's yeah. not. Being, his offense isn't dictated by the defense. The defense nah. is dictated by his offense. And he yeah. he just takes them to the, his spot and he just shoots it. Where, no, I think yeah, and it, it's kind of different, isn't it? Like with LeBron, AD, any other given player. But like in this case, these two guys should be able to. I mean, they're high volume scorers. They should be able to take over a game at the end. But they just. Yeah, I know what you're saying. They're, they're, they're kind of dictated by the defense. Wow. I mean, you probably got to give... At the end of the day, AD's the younger dude. Like, LeBron James was able to do that in his prime. Yeah. He could get a bucket. Like, AD, if everyone talks about how good AD is and he should be in the team of the decade, like, shouldn't AD be able to get a bucket... Anytime well, he I wants think, right now. Like, well, I come think on. Lakers, well, I think Lakers have to give him that opportunity, though, because, again, in that fourth quarter, I hardly heard boo of him. And he didn't yeah. get many touches. Like, LBJ got, I think, oh, well, I, I remember someone saying that I think LBJ got double amount of touches. Even Rondo got more touches than, than yeah. AD in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, actually, I do remember happen. hearing something like that, yeah. That, 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 that cannot happen. Um, no. So AD could be real, and even Kuzma could be getting a lot of touches in the fourth quarter. But anyway, boys, um, yep. he should, yeah. Look, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good wrap up for for the last week. Anyway, I know there's a lot more to talk about. Houston, for example, um, yep. Eagles um, had a great um, game for the Jazz Jojo. the other day. So you know, Jojo did well. But look, I think um, that's probably finished off. Um, is there any shout outs? Oh, hold on, hold on. Actually, could I just add one thing to the free throw conversation? Oh, so, okay. Uh, just do it. like two minutes, two minutes. It's really interesting. So, no, you nail mentioned in the coffin. Wilt Chamberlain, one of the worst free throw shooters, <laughs> yeah. one of the greatest scorers, but worst, worst free throw shooters. So, for, for his career, right, he, he averaged 51%. Yep. yep. Now, in the game when he scored 100 points, he shot 28 of 32 free throws. Holy shit. Now, the difference was that season, right, he shot free throws underarm, a lollipop shot. Wow. 
Barry there we stuff. Go. Yeah, the Harry. That, that whole season, he was shooting underarm. Now he sh- he still didn't shoot great. I think it was about sixty five percent or something like that. But that was his that was his best free throw shooting season in his entire career. And in that one hundred point game, he shot twenty eight of thirty two from the line. Now the nice. the rumor is that he stopped shooting underarm after that season just because he was embarrassed and he was getting too much <laughs> from people about shooting up from. So rather than being a more effective basketball player, he tries to go back to his old style and then reverted back to his, his 50 free throw. Oh, that's classic. That's the, story, that's, that's the story anyway. Which I, I that's, think that's hilarious. Well, that sounds very Wilt-esque. He was a man that yeah. was a bit of a dude, so yeah. But I have no doubt. I have no doubt if Wilt was in this day and age that he would be a 70% free throw shooter. Um, you know, with with the with the emphasis on free throw shooting compared to back then, um, I don't think he would have had too much troubles. Mm. Personally. Well, he obviously would have had more help. He would have been able to get more help as well. Trainers, blah, 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 more practice. Yeah. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah. The play, yeah. Nice one, Wiggs. Nice Good one, Wiggs. Are, oh, so yeah, are we hoping are we hoping LeBron James shoots underarm now, are we? That would be maybe he should. Like what if he did that? <laughs> I think Swallow I your think, pride, LeBron. Okay, let's go to shout out. This is gonna be my shout out. <laughs> yeah, do please, it. Come on, shout do out. it. Shout go on, do do the shout out. My shout out is to LeBron James. Dude. I'd love to see it, man. Just try underarm. Just for the rest of the season, underarm free throws in the last two minutes of the game. Just see what happens. And if it works... The last two minutes. Just keep it, man. You swallow your pride and just shoot it underarm. Go see Rick Barry. He'll show you how it's done. Is he still alive? Uh, I'm pretty sure he is. He would be if LeBron asked him. You're only saying that because you love Kobe more than LBJ and you want him out of Lego City. Stop it. <laughs> no, look, there is there is a strong internal conflict that I have as a Laker fan. <laughs> we have LeBron on the team, but I'm, I'm embracing it, and I, I hope we, he does. We know, mate. We see it every we see it every day on the messenger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Garvey, Superman. Oh no, mate. I think I'm I think I'm out of um, uh, shout outs this week. Yeah, no shout out. Is yeah, mate. Possible? Yeah, I think it is. Um, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. There's no one to oh, shout yeah. out to. I, well, I, I you have can. A shout out for you. Yeah, go for, for it. Go on, so do Superman's, it. Uh, Superman shout out is to Dr. Muddy Page, who oh, pretty yeah. much drove around all the city to pick him up because <laughs> he got lost regarding Park Road Station. He went mate, to Park was... Road and Milton, apart from Park Road Station. Um, in Jutton Park, so I had to drive across the city to grab him and his family. Um, so shout out to Dr. Muddy for doing whatever it takes to to make sure that his Christmas holidays are a good one. So thanks, 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 Muddy. Thanks, Muddy. Um, thanks. My shout out is to Justine um, Scarzi. Uh, that is Superman Scarzi's a better half. Um, Superman struggled with the GMing. All he had to do is organise one little. Um, uh, uh, Kingston Raceway uh, uh, party that we're having um, and he couldn't do it so he passed it on to his lovely wife who 
pretty much got it done in about an hour and a half, and he had a month and a half, and he still couldn't get it done. So shout out to Justine for a wonderful day, um, and yeah, have a have a good good New Year's. Yes, good call, good well, call, Muddy. All, all right, boys. Well, that's game. Uh, cheers for tuning in and getting your dose of NBA uh, with homeboys, uh, with NBA at home with the boys. Thanks, boys. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay healthy, people. There you have it. Another episode of NBA at Home with the Boys. Done and dusted. It's mid-range here. I just wanted to grab you quickly before you go just to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, if you, if you like what you hear, please share the podcast with your mates. Share it with uh, people out there you know who love the NBA, who love basketball, and, uh, and who love podcasts. And uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to your, your podcasts and please leave a review and uh, maybe a five-star rating. And that helps people out there who, who might want to listen to a podcast like ours find the show. It's been great. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Stay healthy. Cheers.